1: a pew and have a brew, everyone. But while the kettle boils, don't stay if you don't want to get spoiled. It's time for another exciting episode of... I forgot the... (laughs) <laughs> well, I got, after all that, I forgot what, what we're actually doing here. What is this called? The Superfan Chats. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, anyone who listens to Three Black Halflings knows I will come up with stuff and then forget it. Uh, and so I didn't even come up with Superfan Chats. Uh, it's a great name anyway, but I still forgot it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're here for another exciting round of Superfan super Chats. Uh, I am Superfan Jeremy, and I'm joined by... Superfan Pip.
0: Superfan Alice. Yay! Welcome Superbot Alice. Thank you. Yay! We're very excited to be we have a new recruit.
1: Yeah. yeah! Everyone please give Alice a whoop whoop wherever you are right now.
2: Whoop whoop. Thank you for whoop, whoop.
1: Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining our, our little crew. Yeah, yes. This is going to be really cool. Yeah. And um, what a doozy to come in on by the way, like the episode that you're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh this so was a very happens. eventful yeah, Yeah, this was a very, very eventful trio of episodes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Just a, a pile of things. So I guess this is for episodes 64, 65 and sixty-six. Yep. I will be doing, doing episode sixty four. Should I go ahead and hop in? Please do. Or does anyone have anything they want to get oh, out yeah. of? Okay. Jump in. I'm holding my nose. I'm jumping right in. Feet first. <laughs> Here we go. So uh episode sixty-four. I at the beginning of this, I was I will say, I was wondering how they were gonna handle this, uh, with Inkidu having been taken over at the end of episode 63 Yes, by
2: Alcibiades. Uh,
1: yes, yes. Uh, and it turns out they decided decided to just uh, eliminate the problem entirely and have <laughs> us begin with uh, Enkidu coming to uh, the group and Gwendolyn in particular uh, were caring for him and were very worried about whether he was okay. I think Gwendolyn had like a cold compress on his forehead. Uh, and then as soon as he comes to, uh, Gwendolyn proceeds to slap him right in the face yeah. uh, <laughs> for for having gone off and endangered himself yet again. Yep. Uh, Enkidu tells them everything that happened, although as it turns out, Alcibiades had already told the group everything so that means that I guess they did not trust Alcibiades which I mean
2: makes (laughs) sense we didn't hear what he said though did he embellish a few details we'll never know
1: Mm. yes I mean we he did also explain that Enkidu had been sneaking out at night did uh which the group was not happy about either. Dropped him right in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Enkidu came out with what I thought was a very interesting explanation. He's like, look, you all, I'm really the one who has a strong connection to like the darkness and the underworld and the, you know, the things that happen in the dark. And so I'm the one who has to handle that stuff because none of you guys are that way. Uh, and Juna responds uh, with an extended bit about uh, that you need the darkness along with the light, yep. uh, including, and I, which I think... Think ultimately means that Enkidu needs the group and shouldn't run off by himself, but also that the group needs him uh, because they provide a, a beautiful contrast to one another. Uh, and at that, Gwendolyn followed up her previous slap with a pat. <laughs>
3: oh. We went from slap oh. to pat,
1: so that's nice. Uh, they, they proceed to then uh, get uh, Enkidu back up to full health uh, using, of course, Song of Rest, but also a new ability that Juna has not used before, Empowered Healing. Um, mm-hmm. Does anybody know, actually, what level of, a, of an ability is Empowered Healing for a sorcerer?
2: I was relying on you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it just occurred to me that I meant to look that up and I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Um cuz it might actually I'm I'm guessing that's something that is peculiar to Juna's specific subclass. Um yes, empower. Oh, okay. So she's had this she she has had this ability since 6th level. Okay. Uh so yeah, so she's had this one for a little bit, but I don't think they take tons and tons of short rests. Uh although they've been taking more recently. We've had some very long adventuring days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it over especially post like episode thirty or episode twenty five ish, there have been some like really long adventuring days. Uh, so yeah, they throw on they throw on uh, some healing. Uh, Guy plays always look on the bright side of life, or <laughs> uh, while well, a very suspiciously similar track uh, that David composed <laughs> plays along with it. Yeah. Uh, and they discuss they discuss plans. They're gonna go they're gonna go for the breakout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but they only have a certain amount of time. So they they are probably going to frame it as a breakout so they'll have leverage so they can get info. Uh, They decide to split up. Pre-breakout uh, Juna goes off With Gwendolyn mm-hmm. And Kidu and Gaius Go off with Oren uh, The first thing That happens uh, Is that we have A Well I'll do the, I'll do Because they actually They actually do uh, The Abraca lads lads. Then <laughs> jump to the women Then back to the lads yep. But I'm gonna do it Women then all lads That works uh, Just, just to Yeah just to make it easier sure. So uh, Gwendolyn And Juna Head over to check in On Harren. Uh Heron is not in So they use sending To ask him uh, If he's been Redacted their names from the reports or if he knows who's been doing it. Mm-hmm. He claims it wasn't him and that he doesn't know. So the next logical conclusion is that it's probably the wingthrups yeah. involved or someone connected to that because who else would have a good reason to remove the group from all of these reports? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gr- Everybody sets off. Juna buys 25 gold pieces worth of flowers, <laughs> which is so many. Like, I got you guys. That's a think. lot of flowers. Yeah. I don't know that David has ever said, like, what the average annual salary is in this world <laughs> but you got to think if we if it's if it's anything like parallel to like a a medieval world mm the average flower salesperson might be lucky to make 25 in a month. Yeah. If not, mo- if not longer. So <laughs> Juna cleaning this place out <laughs> of flowers. I think they said that she had, they had so many, she needed a cart. The entire to wagon. Carry them all. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Kidu, uh, ref- she would not let Kidu have a single one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she, while the Abracalads went off to city hall, uh, they, uh, Juna explained to Gwendolyn that she's planning to use the flowers as part of a divination ritual. Uh, they had uh, to check in on Casula, which she was not in at the moment. So they decided to call Gwendolyn's sister, Prim, to help them override the security line that was keeping them out of where they needed to go. Uh, a delightful scene ensued, <laughs> culminating with Prim agreeing to tell Juna alone uh, in exchange for a story. And she t- tells a story about in the Rillian Isles, a talented dancer joins a cavalcade and she gradually learns to find joy in the small things in life. A wonderful moment moment. Uh, yeah. And Prim then explains that the lion could be a- deactivated by stroking its left ear three times, uh, which I think just shocked everyone, because I think they probably thought it was going to be something more elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, honestly, who would think to do that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't. I think that's a perfectly acceptable way of turning off a, a piece of security. Uh, they then uh, deactivate the lion. They go and sit in the library to wait for Casula to return. Uh, and then the Abraca lads have headed to City Hall. They ask to access building plans, Mm -hmm. Uh, but while they're doing this, Oren notices the bust of a woman named Richissa Furman, who was mayor hundreds of years prior and had a pet duck named Lady Quackington III. (laughs) Could this be the mysterious duck? (laughs) Almost definitely... But who knows? It might, there may be another duck that shows up. Uh, they do manage to reach the archives. They discover that Chargelt Hall had uh, been passed down through members of the High Circle throughout the centuries. Uh, however, they do not have access to the specific plans of that building or a lot of the other buildings, as they are in fact uh, private. I think you have to. I think you have to be part of the Arcanist Consortium, in fact, to gain access to those.
2: Yeah, they were certainly they were there at this consortium, rather than in the archives, weren't they?
1: Yes yes um and then as they're leaving orin happens to spy a section labeled nobility and he's like i gotta steal something uh, Oren getting them sticky fingers so gaius decides to cause a diversion and what a diversion uh he i don't know why he felt the need to go this big with it but he of The illusion of a gold dragon Crashing in through the wall And setting fire to city hall Uh, (laughs)
2: Requesting pastries
0: Yes Yes. Pastry
1: dragon (laughs) And and helps to sell this illusion By pretending to fight the dragon uh, While Oren turns invisible And starts to grab documents About the Barian And uh, the Datharan families Uh, But unfortunately uh, No one could have predicted uh, (laughs) Such a huge diversion Such a What appears to be A full full-on dangerous attack that could result in the deaths of hundreds if left unchecked does attract the attention of the authorities and the arcanist consortium appear dispel all magic in the area and cast mass hold person yeah so the episode ends with our lads having been nabbed
2: (laughs) what an end to this episode
0: oh my word yes it was so funny i was tense but i was also it was so funny yeah yeah, was such a I stupid like... illusion. Yeah,
1: that's a classic moment. Yeah, I feel like that is a, that is, a is a classic, memorable moment that yeah. we heard just in the moment. We was like, "Yep, yep, this one's gonna this one's gonna stick around." Yeah, <laughs> for a
2: while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my word! And I feel do you know what? It could have gone so differently if Gaius had decided to stay with Gwen and Juno instead. It probably would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I, he probably wouldn't have summoned a dragon. No. Honestly, he could have just started playing a song. He could have just yeah. been like, yeah. like, "There's so many other things." He could have tripped over something and run like one of those grifter schemes where he pretends to be injured and threatens to sue, and yeah. so like all the staff are having to help him out. Like, there's all these different things, uh, but he decides to go big or go home. Yeah, and it turns out he went too big and now can't go home. Yes, <laughs> uh, a wonderful episode. I I really like how most of the episode it we it starts on uh, with a lot of tension, which it then sort of eases mm. uh, and then we have just a lot of nice delightful D- classic D&D moments yep. culminating with a very classic D&D moment that <laughs> spins completely out of hand uh, <laughs> and ends up being a, a wonderful capper for this episode I very much enjoyed this one. It's a really good one Yeah. Do we have anything more to say about episode 64? Any more thoughts about maybe the wingthrups uh, being the ones uh, in, in ve- uh, who are redacting the names uh, or any other information that we tried to, uh, perhaps the fact that Chargelt hall has been passed down specifically through members of the high circle
0: uh anything like that there was a lot of info yes do you reckon that chargout hall might hold one of the the mirrors or the windows that we saw like in (gasps) crowds
2: oh that's a good thought Mm -hmm. someone there oh
1: yeah it could well be be... the high circle have really been coming into play a lot especially in these episodes Mm. yeah uh and i'm wondering when we'll get to learn more about because there there's there's so many layers to this like the more we explore uh the more baby david has created and so <laughs> it's like oh my gosh we got the and the arcanist consortium and how are they in with the wingthrops are they connected with the wingthrops at all and how, how how are the arcanists involved like how are the arcanists uh, con- connected to the high circle mm-hmm. like what do, i mean obviously they're part of the same government institution but like in, in terms of like are do they have the same aims Yeah. Uh, do they yeah. know what the high circle are doing well, that sort of stuff
0: yeah, you've got to wonder if they know about the golems. Like, surely, I mean, obviously the wingthrops that are part of the consortium know about the golems, but does anyone else? Like, I feel like if you're just anywhere reading someone's mind, you'd pick up on a wingthrop thinking, oh, army of golems in the basement. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh well don't you have to be like a pretty high ranking or you have to not a high ranking member but you have to get pretty far through the wingthrop training in order to get even access to the
0: knowledge about the golems right True and would they be robots that the arcanists like Enkidu? Uh, oh the
2: one that um stabbed uh, Gaius in the hand you mean Yeah that one I yeah I suspect so cuz we're still a bit iffy about whether when Enkidu did his inside check whether that was what prompted that particular yeah. Wingthrop Arcanist to turn up immediately or whether that was just kind of coincidence as well, mm-hmm. aren't we? We're still a bit,
1: yep.
3: don't
2: yeah. know. Although we've not had a chance to ask you, Alice, about that, actually, to be fair. So... Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I thought that was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: I think it's a really good uh, theory that, like, in fact, they, the the Arcanist Consortium or many of the members may just be fully in it with the Wingthrops mm. uh, because they have been already converted into artificial beings.
0: Ooh. <gasps> That's terrifying. We've blown the whole thing wide yeah. open. Ah!
1: Yeah. Oh man, I kind of wish, I kind of wish that the party would ask one of the other arcanists about like what happened to Enkidu and be like, can we maybe do like some surgery or something to find out what exactly, like, is he just a replicant in that he looks entirely human and you have to do a bunch of tests to find out that he's not? Or is it like he's a Terminator where like you peel back (laughs) the skin and there's a metal endoskeleton inside? Like, what is he? But then
0: there's the whole blood thing, like... His blood is important. That's what Eridus yeah, said, was not it? So there must be something yeah. organic in there.
1: Yeah. So at the very least, he's at least part, uh, part flesh. Yeah. Do we think it's his brain that was changed primarily?
0: Well, maybe in the sense that they put, like, a chip in there or something. Like, whatever the <laughs> fantasy version of, I don't know, the chip from Buffy that yeah. they put in to Spike. Yeah. But, I'd, like, he's still very him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Or at least he's a const- he's recon. he thinks he's him. Yeah. It's one of those things yeah. where, like, he has all of his memories, mm-hmm. so he is convinced that he's him. Yeah. Which is also a weird thing to consider. Like, how much of the original Enkidu is actually in this new Enkidu? Is this the same person or a different person? Anyway, mm. th- this is, this is off-topic of the episode- <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> but it's this these sci-fi concerns are very interesting to me oh but it's so
2: juicy to talk about
1: Yo. yeah it really is
2: oh. well shall i continue guys yeah yeah i will as quick as i can quickly <laughs> sum up uh episode 65 which was a split party which i really enjoyed the fact that we had kind of the first half being the Abrica lasses, and then the mm-hmm. second half being the Abrica lads, lads I thought this was really fun. So part one was just Gwen and Juna. And there's a quick little conversation where they're still in the uh, Romanet house. And they have a chat with Kasula just about kind of sidestepping their actual little quest to have to go to Chargate Hall. Like Gwen doesn't give her too much information, but she just kind of asks her about that. And she kind of warns her to just be careful about it. Uh, and confirms that they're going to leave the house at nine o'clock and kind of gives them some sort of timeline for what's going to be going on that next day. The coolest, coolest thing is that Kasula gives Gwen the war fan. Yeah. That's been so long coming. <laughs>
3: yeah. And it sounds
2: beautiful. I mean, I would love to see the write-up about it, but just the way that he kind of described, like, as you swish it around, there's the smell of roses and it's kind of got this, like, little sort of... You can see little rose petals coming out. And it's just, it's such a fabulous image, this fan. This it's amazing. Yeah. So that was really cool. Juna, meanwhile, whilst Gwen goes out and has a, has a kind of a practice with it, goes and chats to some of the household staff, seemingly quite kind of inconsequentially, we think. Mm. But wait. Um, so we chat to Yara the cook, and she doesn't really know very much about Chargail Hall, And then talk to Kurt the footman, dot, dot, dot. Uh, (laughs) who seems a little bit more kind of keen to talk but says, oh yeah, I don't know that much about that place either. Then they do their divination ritual, which again, really nice imagery this. I really like the way that Vicky described it with the kind of the different coloured flowers being the seven petals, like a little kind of rainbow flower. I think that was really cool. Um, And they decide to ask the question about where Pelligree is specifically inside Chargelt Hall. Uh, And the flowers tell them that he's underground, which is really useful information, actually, because even though it doesn't sound like it's an absolutely massive house, it's going to save them a lot of time knowing that they've just got to go down. Mm -hmm. Then once they've done that ritual, Kasula comes back in to talk to them in the courtyard uh, and she's in a different coloured robe and kind of asks what they've been up to when they've done this ritual and says, oh, who's beneath the house? Then kind of catching the end of their conversation. She basically, she in quotes, gets the following information. That it's Pelligree, that it's to do with the Children of Havoc, which house they're going to, Chargelt Hall, that there's a Rose security lion, and how to deal with it, which is quite a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then we reconnect with Kasula in the red robe and says, yep, the rooms are prepared. That's all fine. You can sort of stay in one of these rooms for the night. There might not be enough space for the boys, but at least you guys can stay here overnight. And then at the end of part one, Juna attempts to send a sending to the boys to catch up with them. And like when they were in the, the Wingthrup kind of underground, just gets no connection with them whatsoever. So it's quite an uncertain end to part one. Shall I blast on straight away with part two as well?
0: Yeah. yeah. There's
2: so much in this episode. So much went on. So part two is with the lads. Um, they, <laughs> they've had this mass held person And they eventually get transported across to the Arcanist Consortium, which in some ways great, because that's exactly where they wanted to go. However, circumstances. Mm. They know that the Arcanists are also reading their thoughts. So they're doing their best to kind of channel their surface thoughts about ducks and spoons and Gaius to start with is panicking and then decides that actually it might be better to just think about some dragon porn. Um, classic guy amazing moments amazing moments (laughs) they get taken into some holding pens and they have to put all their belongings into the chest i really like the detail on these this kind of explanation about how exactly they're arrested and how it all works and stuff i think it's quite interesting it It sort of tells you a lot about Mm -hmm. the arcanists actually and yeah the 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 three of them are, are desperately trying to find ways to kind of circumvent david's planning and you know, Ben takes the icebreaker's knife and tries to hold it and hide it inside Orange's leg brace. And he's like, no, nope. no. Um, and then obviously submits that. And David's like, Nope. And he's like, what have I got? And he's got the homeward door key around his neck. Hasn't even thought about that. But David's, David's planned for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they end up in these pens for about six hours overall. Um, Various other things they try, which actually, given that I'm not huge up on gameplay, Jeremy, you might be able to give me more information if I've misunderstood various bits of it. Enkidu um, tries to summon his pack weapon, but nothing happens because there's just, mm-hmm. you know, a dispel. What do they call it? Is it just a dispel magic uh, field
1: or? Yeah, it appears to be rather than, I think they were calling it an anti-magic field, but yeah. the way that David was describing it almost sounded like it was detecting the magic and then preventing it Got rather you. than just like, no magic can happen mm-hmm. uh, based on the way that he was, because he was like, oh yeah, no, it, it would detect that and then like stop Got it. You. That was, it may have just been a, a semantics thing, but it sounded like it was, it was perhaps a more complicated mechanism than just like, no magic. Mm-hmm. It was like, <gasps>
2: magic? Stop. Yes. <laughs> um, Arin tries to do an infuse item on a toilet handle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think much comes of that in the end.
1: He succeeds, but he doesn't he, use yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Enkidu snaps a bit of the the wood off of the bed and then uses his own blood to try and engrave the wing for th- sigil as well Mm. um and i don't think again much comes of him doing that because the magic won't work inside the cell but anyway they have a good go Mm -hmm. at trying to just see what they can get away with whilst they're waiting um out of the three of them orin is collected first and he's led into a room where clay and is inside who casts a pretend zone of truth Basically, the fact that Orin uh, pocketed those uh, government documents was a bit of an issue because, obviously, when they took his bag, they found them. Then they have a bit of a chat about how to get past this, and he agrees to let Iovet basically falsely implant a memory or to change his memories to make it look like he was innocent after all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Gaius goes in next Um, They know he's responsible for the dragon, so that's a bit of a problem. And they need to come up with a suitable punishment so that they can kind of maintain their cover. Uh, His choices are either an inhibitor hex for 24 hours or a kind of magical shock collar. So he chooses the shock (laughs) collar uh, and it's going to give him psychic damage for every level of of spell he uses. The, The damage goes up and he is asked where he wants the sigil to go and he has it inscribed on his butt cheek. Which again, <laughs> anyone? It would be Gaius, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're nearly there. And <laughs> Kidi's last. He doesn't have a punishment. He's just kind of kept up to date with things. Tells the about the hex, helping the children of Havoc, and the time limit. And you know, he's basically kind of congratulated and said, "Oh, you're a bit of a hero for battling that pretend dragon." Wink, wink. Um, And then finally, once all three of them have been interviewed and let out, they're kind of come back together in like this waiting room. And actually, I think they got off quite lightly. The only things that uh, Orin has taken from him, apart from the stolen documents, which fair enough, was Kral's necromancy book was taken from him as well, Mm. which is a bit of a shame, Mm. um, but could have been worse. And then finally, um, as they're leaving the Arcanist Consortium, they notice the stone casket of Adderfield Chargelt is buried there um, and surrounded by like three robed figures in a circle which are supposed to represent the members of the kind of original high circle. Um, and they head back to Plume Bridge. End of episode. <laughs> oh, my word. Wow. Uh, It's a mammoth undertaking, well done. Yeah,
1: well done. That's one of the longest episodes I think we have done. Yeah, Yeah. it was about
2: two hours, that one. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah, action-packed as well. Just so much stuff went on. Yeah,
1: I'm right there with you in terms of loving the uh, split recording where he records with half the group first and then half of the group it was uh, really effective wasn't it because in a very creative way uh as somebody who like makes actual play stuff you don't normally hear people mess with it in that way Mm -hmm. uh so i thought that was really cool like the in terms of actual recording structure yeah i thought that was great
0: it was cool i was super stressed i mean mainly during the boys (laughs) one because i didn't i didn't (laughs) pick up on kasula at all like i didn't twig at at all so i was like the girls one's going really well it's brilliant yeah yeah and then it gets to the boys one and it's like they're taking the key i was so stressed about the key I know.
2: oh my goodness that could have been terrible if they didn't get that back wouldn't it
0: i know what if they tried the key while they had it did they we don't know we don't know what they've
2: done with their stuff they've obviously had a good route through it because they found those documents exactly
1: yeah I wonder if they cast Identify on everything.
0: I, I feel like you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yes, yeah, probably, probably would. So they probably policy. at
1: least know what it does.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the Ooh. side of the Arcane Consortium, but they would be stupid if they hadn't done that. Yeah.
2: They would be thorough, wouldn't they? You know, yeah. <laughs> if someone's casting a dragon in an archive.
0: <laughs> and stealing books and... And stealing, yeah. and stealing
2: things about the nobility, especially given the unrest with the king situation at the moment. They <laughs> <it laughs> exactly. might take an interest
1: exactly they, they were doing their jobs in this case they were actually <laughs> yeah. just doing their jobs because <laughs> after the assassination attempt like one day before or two days one or two yeah. days before they, it, now there is a faked dragon attack mm-hmm. at city hall <laughs> like, like that we gotta look into this
2: uh... <laughs> at least their um at least their names are going to be redacted from all of this so you know it's fine hey that, that's good isn't yeah. it <laughs> You do what you like.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Enkidu's I think, uh, a hero, so he doesn't need to worry about getting redacted or not. Like, yeah,
1: I wonder if he can like leverage this down the line <laughs> like, into like a good standing with the the consortium. Like, look, I've done all this. Yeah, uh, and... I am a documented yeah. dragon slayer. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, Oren is like Oren and Guy are. Uh, or Guy specifically is seen as like a terrorist, <laughs> yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. a, a real menace. He's under surveillance
0: <laughs> with with clear problems given his sort of interest in dragon porn.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. Which I loved the way Chris worked that into the explanation yeah. for why he act like he just claimed he accidentally cast the spell because he <laughs> was just thinking about all the dragonborn. Oh. Chris has had a wonderful run of episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really has. Yeah. Uh, I also, I also. Uh, well, I guess the question is, what do we think? Do we think that we've seen the faceless footman's face or uh, the Ooh. or main identity, like one of their primary identities at this point?
0: Ooh. I don't think they have one. Mm. Mm. Interesting, because I don't think Kurt is them. No, um, mm. and it's definitely not Casula. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, unless like we do, we don't know a lot about Casula, but it's definitely not Casula. Mm.
1: No, not not Casula Prime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it Prime. does.
1: But the thing Kisuna is, Red. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> But it does seem like the footman doesn't just transform to look like those people. It sounds like they can transform. Did I misread and maybe or mishear rather mm-hmm. in the next episode that the the uh, the footman can transform to be those people?
2: Yeah, it must be. Yeah, because they're about the, the smell thing and, and the discussion about who and how can get through the barrier. And mm-hmm. there's a definite distinction there, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would that then be, would that then mean that the footman has some sort of like true polymorph abilities? Because even a changeling doesn't become the person. They just look like the person. Yeah. So, but true polymorph can turn you into Mm -hmm. a person.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something special.
2: Yeah. Would it be a way to halt the aging process as well? Oh, uh,
1: depending. If you have access to the spell True Polymorph, and I think with True Polymorph, if you stay polymorphed for like more than an hour, you stay that way. So okay. theoretically, if you are changing yourself into a person mm. and you can cast True Polymorph a bunch of times, you could po- True Polymorph yourself into a younger person.
2: Oh. What if it is actually Chargelt? <gasps> Whoa. Because I want to know the reason why they were deposed. Whoa. And I don't think we're going to find out anytime soon, but that is as good as reason as any.
0: That's a great yeah. theory.
2: Because, like, you can't, you can't trust them anymore. No. If you don't know who they are at any point. Mm.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't care as much for the sanctity of human life or whatever life if you were no. someone who was, like, hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's and really do, interesting. Do,
1: yeah, that's a very – and it would also make sense with, like, all of the, the basic the, – the, the teases that we've had about Chargelt and about the High mm-hmm. Circle and everything like that. Uh, it, would, it would be a very interesting uh, way to take that. Yeah. Like they they were they became like an immortal serial killer, <laughs> yeah, uh, and have just existed over the ages since then, just chilling and killing, chilling and killing. <laughs> uh, also, one thing, um, Clayne uh, Evet cast, uh, I'm guessing, modify memory on Uh Oren, which is like I think an eighth level spell. Let me see. Uh, it's like a, I think modify memory is really high level. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't say that he's casting modify memory, mm-hmm. but what he's describe, like what is described, sounds like modify memory. Because I think, oh, excuse me, it's fifth level. It's not an eighth level, okay. but still fifth level. I mean, I guess that that's to be really Yeah, that's to be expected. So that means that he's at least. Uh, that means he's at least level nine, uh, as w- whatever he is. Yeah, which I'm guessing he's. Yeah, if he's just casually tossing out that magic, I'm guessing he's at least like...
0: He's interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He might have modified other people's memories on that day as well. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Do
2: we think that's going to have further repercussions for Orin down the line, having that memory tampered with?
1: Um, I don't know hopefully I, I it sounds like he if it, if it was in fact modify memory you can only uh, I think affect 10 minutes of time okay so I'm guessing it probably won't mm-hmm. but that depends on whether he went in and found any other like yeah. in, important Intel uh, and then erased Oren's memory of him doing that. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like that would be that'd be real sneaky. <laughs> I like
2: it. <laughs> I guess this comes back to whether we trust Klein Yvette full stop or not, really, isn't it? It's that question again. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's such a web. <laughs> it's such a web of mysteries. Oh, so many layers and different questions and so much intrigue. Uh, I can't wait for us to eventually have a conversation with one person who just comes clean about a bunch of things. It. like, <laughs> look, here's what the Arcanists yeah. are doing. <laughs> here's where we're coming from. And, uh, like, yeah, I don't know what the co- circumstances would be. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm just going to explain my, my whole answers. part of the <laughs> slide. Yeah. yeah. I still don't know about the footman thing. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know what the faceless footman thing, and I don't, I don't really know what's going on with any of the other factions, but I can <laughs> tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> And this is how many people know about the robots.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's why they need the golem army, because that's the only way they can take the faceless footman down.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's terrifying. (laughs) If the faceless footman was that powerful, my question becomes, why are you limiting yourself to just like murders? Why have you not, (laughs) why have you not retaken the kingdom uh, at this point?
0: Maybe that's in their plan. We jump in as provost or someone
1: yeah it's sort of like how people think that their one one fringe theory for jack the ripper is that he was a member of like the aristocracy or uh even the royal family it's like that almost a play on that where like he he used to be a member of the he used to literally be a leader and then was deposed and then has continued to be mr ripper (laughs) and is wanting to get back and 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 reclaim wow Uh.
0: terrifying yeah yeah all right any more thoughts on 65 or should i crack on with 66 i think go ahead yeah i just want to say very Ooh, yeah. quickly
1: is that there was i just love the twist that the fa- that it was likely the faceless footman who was yeah holding that in. Yep. like the way david pulled that off yeah especially after having had such a relaxed yeah inter- like it was just like oh this is okay. so casual okay
2: nice Yep, because yeah. she comes back in her blue robe and now she's back in a red robe
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, if I was wearing a hat, I, in fact, I have a hat next to me. I'm going to put it on and then I'm going to take it off for baby yep. David.
0: <laughs> for his poker face. I put on the
1: hat and now I have removed it. Yeah. Well done.
0: <laughs> and uh, the recap of uh, episode 65 in episode 66 is where everybody else realized that this had taken place. Mm-hmm. It seems silly to mention a recap in a recap, but... Like, the point where they all realised as players was beautiful. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Although Grace had worked it out the night before and was in a mire of despondency. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the episode properly started uh, with Grey, uh, Gwen and Juno uh, discussing not being able to get in touch with the lads' lads. And then they have a realisation uh, and they talk to Kasula um, and everything kind of twigs into place and they realise it's been half an hour since Blue Kasula disappeared. So they tell Kasula what they've worked out and she marches down the corridors and basically searches the house and everyone in it with like really cool decorum powers where she yeah. just works mm-hmm. out that everyone is who they say they are. And that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um mm. And then she's got to Yara in the kitchen and asked if anyone had left in the last half an hour or so. And that's when Kurt came up, uh, because the most surprising thing was that he was there on his day off. He'd left half an hour ago um, and uh, he was a footman. Ah! Uh, so they look for tracks and they find the blue robe that the fake Kasula was wearing. Uh, so they decide to use this information and change Ruana into a bloodhound. Um, and that that what we were just talking about with the smell came up where the smell was mainly casulas, but there was some strange little scent that had wandered off and disappeared down the street Um, And then they start setting security around the house, which is quite sensible and uh, comes into play later. Um, (laughs) So uh, before they have a long rest, everybody has a long rest, uh, Juna tattoos Gwendolyn with um, a spell slot for cure wounds, which might come in handy in the next episode, hopefully. Now we go back to the lads (laughs) uh, and they're heading back to the remnant house because they figure out that that's where Gwendolyn and Juna are are uh, but on the way they decide to scope out Chargelt Hall and they look for hiding spots and to see if there's any foot traffic although it's like five in the morning, so not many but some people uh, and they figure out all the different things like the magical archway and the lion and they talk a bit about whether the lion goes underground in the way that the dragon did, whether it's like a portal as well as a um, as well as a guard. So that's possibly Mm -hmm. something. And then they pop into a pastry shop and it is expensive. Um, And uh, then they finally get back to uh, the stables about 6.30 in the morning. And that's when they get tripped up by some traps set by Casula and Gwendolyn. So they reunite as uh, Enkidu is having his ankle twisted by some tripwires. That was exciting. And then uh, they have to be tested because... um, they might be evil and all the faceless football. Football? Footman. <laughs> <laughs> faceless football. Faceless football. I think it's most footballs, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't normally come with the faces already drawn on. Um,
0: so they go inside and catch up, uh, and they list all the things that the faceless footman knows, and they make a plan for going in. A lot of this episode was making a plan and listing things. Um... So they are going to be invisible and they have a list of questions that they're going to ask Pelligree. And I'm quite worried about them getting out. Like it's becoming a stressful thing as I'm listening to them. I'm sort of thinking, oh, how are they going to do? Anyway, that's not my problem. Um, And then, I mean, the main thing that came up is that Gwendolyn does a terrible Juno impression. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) so they head off to the cart park um, and on the way, Casula lends them a pocket watch and criticises uh, Rose Senior on always putting roses on things. And then they get to the, to the um, Childgate Hall grounds, the park, and a drunk person knocks into them and delivers a hex threat. And uh, David starts the the TikTok on the soundtrack and it gets (laughs) unbelievably tense. So they find a hiding spot and they have an argument about when to go in because Enkidu is keen on going straight in there because if Petrogranius has already left, she's definitely gone. And they're all like, no, she could get there instantaneously. So wait till 9.30. And um, they wait until 9.28, pop uh, the invisibility bonbons And then they leave their bushes and go towards the gate. And um, Orin's goggles can see everyone doing embarrassing things, which is great. And then uh, Enkidu sends a gust of wind and Rwanda barks and distracts people. And they get through the crowd, get to the gate, pop a bonbon. And they are the (gasps) end of the episode. Yes. Oh, David Uh, leaves it on a cliffhanger by saying who's to say Petroganis is still not inside. It's so tense. mm -hmm. Lordy.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was a really, yeah, it really was a tense one. I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. I enjoyed all three of these. Yeah, yeah.
0: They've left it in a really nice place. Mm. We don't even know that they're going to get through the gate. It's so exciting,
1: <sighs> and the stakes feel so high because yeah. it's not like they're in some random podunk town in the middle of nowhere, and it's like you know no one will care about this. Mm-hmm. They are in, they are knee deep in politics <laughs> and various powerful organizations, uh, some of which have already like threatened them or already against them. Mm. So the idea like th- this could go any way. I cannot wait to see where this I goes. Know.
2: I am concerned about this lion. I have to say. Yes, how do you get close enough to, like, touch it three times? Yeah. How does that work? Mm-hmm.
1: Does it does it go off if anything gets near it?
2: I don't know. Yeah, see, we didn't learn a lot about the dragon one, really, other than, ouch, get out the yeah. way.
1: <laughs> like, surely animals... Can get like, does it attack anything? Like any bug? Like how small can you be? I don't know. It's this where I start to wonder. Like, could we maybe? Ah, if only one of them had turned Ruana into a into a fly. Yeah, Ruana had flown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh they polymorph into something very small, fly mm-hmm. up, and then how, how big does the stroke have to be? Is it like <laughs> does it <laughs> have to be like from a large hand like a, a human sized hand? Or or can it be from like a fly? Can a fly land on it and stroke it three times? <laughs> <laughs> does <laughs> that the count? Lion's like, yeah, does that count? That's uh that's the kind of that's the that's the kind of thing that I would come up with. I think if I was a player, like uh, cuz it's like okay, we don't know. The other option is just j- dive at it and like just try and grab it and, and just hope. Yeah, just uh like have Gwendolyn who I think can like attack the fastest. Yeah, yeah. Have Gwendolyn just throw herself at it and then real quick like f- flurry of blows just <laughs> just uh, rub the ear three times.
2: Because presumably once it's activated, it actually acts like a lion, right? So it jumps off the plinth and it can pounce on people and it has claws. Oh, God.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe maybe it's more... I imagine it might even be like a more powerful lion. Mm Mm-hmm because it's guarding, you know, such a big deal. Like it's it's a big big deal what yeah. it's guarding. Yeah. So
0: what else would it be able to do? Breath yeah. fire?
1: That's what I'm wondering. Ooh. Or maybe like uh some sort of breath that like will either kill people or uh freeze them maybe like mm-hmm. maybe it's got like cone of cold breath yep. to try and freeze people in place or something like that. Or it has mass hold person.
0: Yeah. That would be clever.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm another thing I'm wondering is how like how do we know if the footman has already gotten there do we know what the footman's plan is is the, is the foot like they could be doing anything <laughs> yeah.
2: i mean who's to say they didn't go straight there Kurt, yeah. exactly kurt in quotes left chuck the robe okay i'm someone else i'm going straight into chug hall and i've got petroganius and she's not at home because he's abducted her yeah. or
0: murdered her yeah
2: or murdered her
1: yeah. Just to be clear, we have not we have not ruled out the footman being a doppelganger, right?
2: I don't think so. Uh
1: cuz if you're not familiar, doppelgangers are D&D monsters that can transform into people, but they can also read people's minds Ooh. uh in order to help them Ooh. uh transform into them more easily. And so it's one of the, if if in fact or rather, in order to help them impersonate someone more easily, mm-hmm. uh, so if if the doppelganger witnessed somebody outside, maybe snuck up on a guard, knocked them unconscious because they get extra bonuses for sneak attacks. Doppelgangers do, uh, and then proceeded to impersonate the guard. They could read the guard's mind, then go and read the rest of the guards' minds, and they, for all we know, they've already gotten mm-hmm. in. Uh, and the thing is, if they're a doppelganger, they don't even need to abduct anybody. They would just need to ask them the questions and if the person thinks of the answers then they get what they want yeah that's scary
0: that's really scary
1: yeah this feels like an episode full of i don't know this feels like an epi- a trio of episodes that are full of questions and intrigue yep. and yeah. it has just been it's like each episode has just been ratcheting up tension mm-hmm. uh, cuz we've gotten we got the task a few episodes ago yep. so now we've just been building up to this task <laughs> and as more more elements get introduced and more mysteries get piled on top of each other uh it really feels yeah, like yeah it's like can
0: four episodes just on this on the preparation for this task Mm -hmm.
1: yeah maybe more because didn't uh maybe like five where didn't get a did didn't get abducted at the end of the episode where they received the mission or was that oh an no, episode I think you're later? right
0: it has been five yeah
1: mm. like and it's not like the it's not like nothing has happened in these episodes <laughs> a whole lot has but this has just been looming over the whole thing during that period so all the all the stuff like you better get out of the city yep. or we're gonna kill you one by one <laughs> mm-hmm. uh or like you all are getting arrested and it's like oh my gosh and the footman's here what like yeah. just one thing after another <laughs> yeah all and now it's come down yes. to
0: you have 10 minutes to complete this mission <laughs>
1: yeah yeah like oh i lo- can i also the idea of an invisibility bonbon and like non-detection bonbons what are- <laughs> I just, just the, the oh yeah have you eaten your invisibility bonbon yeah it's such okay. a silly sentence uh again uh hats off to david uh <laughs> that yeah. one that's just a great idea It's delightful.
2: I mean, it's a much more lighthearted way of having like, here's a red pill and here's a blue pill.
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Xerovier is is Morpheus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Matrix would have had less weight if it had been red bonbon and blue bonbon. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lightheartedness to it. yeah <laughs> he opens his hands
2: which had already
1: been like very like they had barely been able to contain the bonbons and he just exposed yeah. them
2: <laughs> oh, i just want to go to the bit of the arcanist consortium where they've just got like arcane pick-a-mix i just want to know what else they've got <gasps> yes
1: yeah the arcane chefs
3: <laughs> yeah like <laughs>
1: I'm imagining it like some sort of like a fact like for, for a factory for like a really big company that's formulate like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Back there just formulating all <laughs> sorts of new magical foods that will only be given to members of the Archivist yeah. Consortium.
2: <laughs> but here's something else I wondered is do they keep tabs on how many go in and out of there? Because they took six, right? And they gave them to the party. Mm-hmm. Is there some kind of inventory that six of them are now missing? I
0: reckon if he, Signs it out and does sort of like, I, f- I feel like it would be quite officially done. So it'd be like an expense for, mm. uh, so he'd have to yeah. like say what he was taking and what he was using. I
2: guess so. Mm hmm. Yeah. But you think there would be a limit on how many one person could take out at once to kind of avoid this kind of <laughs> third party contract Do think situation? you need six
0: at once <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that yeah that is, yeah, is kind of ominous like because he, he took he took six yeah. of each six right of each. yeah so like that's a big pile of, <laughs> of bonbons that he's checking out And these things you got to think these things aren't cheap to make mm-hmm. no. uh, so I, I'm with you Pip he probably did there was probably some process whereby he had to check them out formally and I I agree with you alice where he probably just lied oh, yeah. Well, yeah. although do you think that he checked them all out under his name or do you think it's like he maybe he has a person on the inside and he just slipped them mm-hmm. some gold and they wrote they they basically distributed it uh distributed <laughs> it distributed it distributed the bonbon checkouts amongst a number of high-ranking arcanists mm-hmm. uh just sort of like yeah one bonbon here or there sort of like if you've ever seen uh, office yeah. space uh, like the scheme where it's like if we take a tiny bit of money from a bunch <laughs> of accounts, <laughs> then it's not gonna come off the same. Whereas if you take if you put one bonbon from twelve different Arcanists, <laughs> no one's gonna care. Yeah. Do should we come up with some uh final thoughts on this trio of episodes?
2: Are you asking for a favorite moment?
1: favorite moment and and maybe should we introduce in addition to favorite moments like biggest question because i think as the series has gone on the questions have grown like what's one what's your favorite moment and what's your biggest question from this from this set Oof. of episodes uh, I'll go first Yeah go first My it. favorite My favorite moment I think is The realization Of the footman As Gwen mm-hmm. was explaining it uh, Or rather Grace Was explaining it uh, To everyone I think when everyone's like <gasps> I was not expecting I, I almost felt like The the faceless footman Was going to be Like the Scranton strangler In that it just Doesn't really come back Yeah Like it's just yeah. You know a thing That was like Oh wow I Remember that That was wild yeah. uh, Or the or the ass crack bandit uh, Where we just never Really find out Who it was But, it, it, but then it's it's like, oh, no, not only is it back, we may have just met them. Uh, this is wild. Uh, I absolutely loved that. And the, and the way that it just completely reframes everything that they're trying to do. It's like all of our cover has been blown. We don't know, but we don't know by who. And our enemy could be anyone, at any anywhere, at any time. I loved that. Uh, that's my favorite moment, mm-hmm. and I think my biggest question is: What is the deal with the high circle? Like, what is the significance of these in, the insignia that we're seeing, or and and also them like the, them crowding around the body? Uh, like, what is the what is the significance of that? Why would there be a statue? Normally, you don't see leaders commemorated in statues uh, in death, mm-hmm. like unless it's over their grave, and you rarely have like either mourners or people who are potentially as you, I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Pip or, or Alice suggested, but triumphant even over them. Like the, oh, we mm-hmm. just took this person out. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the circumstances were, uh, I find, yeah, I find that to be a really big question for me.
0: Yes. Huge. Um, I think my favorite moment is the dragon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I thought it was so funny. Uh, and uh, the fact that it wanted pastries is obviously top 10 guy moments um, yeah. <laughs> biggest question uh i feel like it's about the faceless footman and who they are whether they are part of the children of havoc or whether they are like now i'm thinking it's probably chargout because that's an amazing theory so just who is this person <laughs> and why are they so important i think is really mm. interesting
2: nice mm. um i'm deciding between two favorite moments i think you can have two can i have two yeah. Okay. It's the holidays. <laughs> Go ahead and have two. Small, two. One, two small ones. Two small light-hearted ones. Small light-hearted one number one is uh, Grace and Gwendolyn's absolute glee at getting the war fan. <laughs> yes. Because that was brilliant and I love it. And then silly tiny little moment number two was the conversation with Prim. Just because I love it when David plays a female character <laughs> who's a little bit sassy. And yeah. I like Prim and I think we need to find a way to get Prim to join the party because... She's like a, a kind of second sort of miry kind of bossiness vibe that I really like. So those are my favourite moments. My question, I think I've learned sometimes we need to look with this podcast at where we aren't looking. So my question is about what on earth is Heron up to? Mm. Where has he gone that he hasn't told neuram even though that seems to be quite normal that he doesn't tell neuram where he's going? Because I'm still not sure which side of the... the fence I'm sitting, whether I trust Zerevere and Iovet or whether we trust Heron and Kierda. And I think whilst the focus is on everything that we're doing with the Arcanist Consortium and things like that, I think we also need to be remembering that there's another dude who sent us on a mission first that's got us to where we are and we should maybe be Mm. keeping tabs on him as well. Mm. That's my question.
1: Yeah. Wow. I think, those are, I think I think all of these were great choices. Uh, as soon as you mentioned the dragon, I was like, "Yeah, yep. it was a classic." Yeah. Uh, and then the choice. conversation with Prim, I'm like, "Oh yes, <laughs> delectable moments."
2: <laughs> there's so many good moments. It's so hard to choose them.
1: Yeah, uh, just like so many bonbons. Yeah. Just tumbling down, <laughs> great moments.
2: All the flavors. <laughs> Before we wrap up, do you, either of you
0: have anything that you would like to plug quickly?
1: Oh, uh, well, Alice, you're you're the new you're the new super fan. Do you have anything?
0: Um, uh, no, I was just in a show, but we finished on Christmas Eve, so I'm not in anything at the moment. Oh, I hope it went really well. What show was it? It did. It was Mrs. Yeah. Scrooge. Thank you very much. Oh how exciting! Oh, that's
1: really cool.
0: Yeah, produced by lovely Sarah Gain, who is Deacon. Oh, yeah. shout out to Sarah. Sarah Gain. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's. Uh, I kind of want to ask now. Like it was, this was like a gender bent Christmas carol. Uh, uh,
0: sort of, yes. Uh, but it oh. was about someone who was sad and just needed to be uh, shown some kindness, rather than someone who needed to be shown the error of their ways. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that's really cool. Yes. Man, I wish I'd seen that now. <laughs>
0: uh, well, should, yeah, with
1: that, should we go ahead and close it out?
2: Let's do that. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, do we just say a non for now, or, can, or do I give yeah. it a one, two, three?
2: We
1: could do a one, two, three. One, two, three. A, a non, non for now. For now.